Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming at you on a Wednesday this week. Um, just one podcast. We're going to do the recap of last week really quickly at the beginning of this podcast. And then Josh is going to join me to give out our picks for week six. I'm not sure if I'm going to go back to the two podcasts per week format. That first podcast really hasn't been getting that many listens, so I may just scrap it. Uh, we'll see how I feel moving forward. 7-7. Seven, seven, and one against excuse me seven eight and one against the spread our first below 500 week crashing back down to earth after giving out 12 winners in each of the last two weeks we're gonna start as always with where i got it wrong I gave out the Lions Patriots over 45 and a half. And this is the first time a Lions over has not cashed. Uh, I've been on every single one so far. I will be right back to that well. This game should have gone over as well. The Lions average 35 points a game. They give up 29 in this one. So even if they put up half of their average, 17 points, that makes this game go over. Uh, This is a list of the drives that they had in this game. A failed fourth down at midfield. Interception in the red zone. They get into field goal range on their next drive. They take a sack and are forced to punt. Uh, The next drive, sack fumble, a punt. Failed fourth and two from the New England 34. Failed fourth and goal from the New England 5. Failed fourth down from the New England 31. And finally, a failed fourth down from the New England 18. So a bunch of failed fourth downs in New England territory, an interception in the red zone. They should have put at least 17 points on the board. I will be right back to this well in week eight when the Lions come back from their bye. I gave out the Dolphins minus three, and Teddy Bridgewater was knocked out of the game on the line, on the Dolphins' first play from scrimmage. Uh, He ends up getting a safety. He gets knocked out. Skylar Thompson, seventh-round rookie, comes in. And the Dolphins really hung in this game a lot more than the final score would indicate. The final score, 40-17. to But it was 17-19 to early in the fourth quarter. The Dolphins kicker missing a long field goal. The good field position leading to a Jets touchdown. The very next Dolphins drive. Sack fumble leading to a short field and another touchdown. And it was pretty much over after that. So the final score, not really indicative of how close this game was. But once Bridgewater got knocked out, uh, the Dolphins really had never had a chance to cover. I gave out the Bucks minus 8.5 against the Falcons. And a late Falcons touchdown pushed this to the Falcons covering. The Bucks had a big lead. Uh, the Falcons cut that lead 2-6 with four minutes left. They get a terrible, terrible roughing the passer call. It looked like they had sacked Tom Brady to get the ball back with a chance to win the game. Uh, the referees, Jerome Boger, just gifting this game to the Bucks. A terrible call there, and I do feel bad for the Falcons and their fans on that one. I gave out the Titans Commanders over, and this game came down to the same thing that the game for the Commanders came down to, and that was that fourth that uh goal line stand that the titans made at the end if the commanders are able to punch that in they win the game and the game also goes over carson wentz unable to get the job done you could also question the coaching there Uh, an odd challenge by by ron rivera taking away one of his timeouts so if you'd had a timeout at the end of that game it opens the playbook up for you from the two yard line you can maybe run the ball as it was they had to take four shots could not get the job done i gave out the jags minus seven and trevor lawrence had yet another terrible game back-to-back weeks he throws an interception in the red zone the jaguars go 0 for three on third down they also had an unnecessary roughest penalty that extended the texans game winning drive it looked like they had the stop and were going to get off the field to get the ball back to potentially win the game themselves the Jaguars 
money line would have cashed me a couple of parlays, so this one stung particularly bad for me. I gave out the Panthers minus six, and Baker Mayfield is just bad. I, I don't think there's any two ways about it anymore. The 49ers actually gave the Panthers some chances to come back in this game, and Baker just could not take advantage. He was terrible in this game. P.J. Walker is going to start next week uh, because Baker's dealing with an injury, but I think either way, P.J. Walker should be the starter moving forward. Finally, I gave out the Eagles-Cardinals over, and this game was just not as high scoring as I thought that it would be. The Cardinals defense actually stepping up and at least containing the Eagles. The Cardinals with a chance to tie this game. Kyler Murray slides down before the first down marker. The screen in the stadium is flashing first and 10, so he gets confused and comes up and spikes the ball. It's actually third and one, so then it's fourth and one. They have to attempt a field goal and somehow Matt Amendola I don't know how he got another job <laughs> I don't know who could have possibly watched him kick for the Chiefs last week and be like yeah let's give that guy a job uh, apparently the Cardinals did just that and he again missing a field goal I, I guess kickers are hard to come by in the NFL because I thought there was no way in hell that guy would get another job Finally, I gave out the Raiders minus seven they storm back and win this game after falling down 17 to nothing but uh, minus seven was a loser. Now, they did have a chance to actually cut into this lead right before the half, and another terrible roughing the passer call. This one against Chris Jones. Uh, Chris Jones actually forces a fumble and recovers it on this play, and somehow in the midst of recovering the fumble also gets a flag thrown on him for roughing the passer. Uh, so Derek Carr wasn't even the passer anymore, and somehow that roughing penalty gets called. And it was just a terrible call. There was no, There was nothing to warrant that flag, just a terrible terrible call causing a firestorm on twitter and rightfully so uh they got to do something about these uh, these calls i know the league just came out and said they have no plans to change the rule or, or to look into why these flags are being thrown i just think that's a terrible move it's impossible for these defenders to hit people anymore and it's just ruining football and I really hope that they change something because it's just it just makes the game not fun to watch. You see a defender make a great play and he gets a fat flag thrown on him for, for no reason at all other than the referee just decided, oh, yeah, that that look, that looked too hard. I'm going to throw the flag here. Just just a terrible way for football to be played. I really hope that they correct it. Of course, at the end of this game, we had the Devontae Adams situation shoving a photographer to the ground. Now, Devontae Adams shouldn't have shoved the guy. Let's start with that. Uh, he will be disciplined by the league. He may be disciplined uh, by the courts we shall see as you a lot of you know i'm a credentialed employee on quite a few live events uh when you are a credentialed employee rule number one is stay out of the way of the talent i'm not saying that that guy deserved to get shoved but he definitely should not have been where he was crossing paths with the players you know the players exit out of that tunnel there should have been a member of security i can't count the number of times i've been walking through and had a security guard say hey hold on a second uh the talent's coming through or there's a player coming through okay no problem you wait and then you move on so a couple of people making mistakes there uh Devontae adams the security guards the photographer himself uh, several mistakes leading to an unfortunate situation and hopefully uh it gets resolved without uh, Devontae Adams missing time because he's having a great season even though the Raiders have been losing games he's still playing really well and we like to see the superstars out there on Sundays making plays that is going to do it for where I got it wrong let's move on to happier things with where I got it right I also did have a push last week. That was the Vikings against the Bears. That minus seven was a push. The Vikings jumping out to a huge lead. Justin Jefferson with an, another amazing first half, just like he had against the Packers. I guess he just steps it up for these NFC North games. But the Bears come storming back. They get close in that game, but the Vikings end up uh, taking care of business. And 
getting the push and the win there. I gave out my Cowboys plus five and a half. I also gave them out on the money line. Those were both winners. This Cowboys defensive line just making life a living hell for Matthew Stafford. Uh, that Rams offensive line, I kept trying to tell everybody they are not that good. They really miss Andrew Whitworth. When you take away the leader of your offensive line, it's not just losing the guy at that position. You're losing leadership, and it makes everybody else on that offensive line worse. I think they severely over underestimated what his loss was going to do. They really should have tried to do a better job filling his shoes. I gave out the Bills minus 7.5 in the first half only. That cashed easily. They covered the 14 easily. Anything Bills related that you bet in this game, you would have won. They go over their point total as well. They look like the best team in the NFL. The Steelers on the other side look like one of the worst teams in the NFL. I gave out the Browns plus two and a half, and yes, it was plus two and a half when I gave it out. Yet again, that playing in my favor, this line closed at minus one and a half. But so if you got it that there, you lost. But as it was, plus two and a half was a winner. Jacoby Brissett for the second week in a row throwing a terrible interception, throwing away a game. And Brandon Staley tried to hand this game to the Browns going for a fourth down at midfield. You could have punted the ball down made the Browns drive the length of the field to get in the field goal range. Instead, he goes for it around midfield. The Browns only need a couple of yards to get in the field goal range, but Jacoby Brissett throws that game away. Interception. The Browns lose, but they do cover the two and a half. I gave out the Saints Seahawks over, and this was one of my favorite plays of the game. The Saints defense is overrated. I will be on overs for them as well throughout the rest of the season, particularly when they play teams like the Seahawks who can move the ball this game was a shootout. The Seahawks defense is terrible. That's another team that you can pretty much blast overs on. We'll be doing that later in the podcast. The Falcons taking on the Seahawks, and I think that game is going to fly over. I gave out the Bengals plus three, and just as I said, Lou Anarumo's defense stepping up in the second half. Not stepping up well enough to get the Bengals the win, but they do get the cover. They lose the game by two. Justin Tucker doing what Justin Tucker does, game-winning field goal. There was never any doubt. That thing was dead center the whole way. Uh, Josh Walker, my co-host, tweeted out, he said, Justin Tucker is better at his job than anyone else in the world, and I have to agree, that dude is pretty incredible. Uh, I started out with a winner on Thursday Night Football. I gave out the Colts-Broncos under, and that was the easiest winner of the year. That was never in doubt. Finally, I gave out the Giants plus eight and a half, and I'll be honest, I did not expect them to win this game outright, but Saquon Barkley playing like a man-possessed Daniel Jones, I'm actually not going to call him Danny Pennies. He's not Danny Dimes quite yet, but I will call him by his name. Daniel Jones getting the job done, playing a lot better than I expected him to. He had a rough first half in this one, getting back on track in the second half, and him and Saquon leading the Giants to a victory in London over the Packers. The Giants 4-1. and one. I hate to admit it, but congratulations to them. They're doing a good job, Brian Dayball and crew. Uh, I did not expect them to be 4-1, and one, but they're right there tied with my Cowboys in the NFC East. And, of course, most importantly, the teaser of the week yet again correct. 5-0 and oh to start the year. The Minnesota Vikings taking care of business against the Chicago Bears. That brings it home for me. The teaser this week was Colts plus 9.5. That hit on Thursday. The Vikings bring it home. So now 5-0, and oh, looking to go 6-0 and oh this week. I will be giving that out later on the podcast. That is going to do it for Where I Got It Right. We're going to take a quick break and bring Josh on to break down the Week 6 games. Welcome back. Joining me to break down week six, my friend Josh Walker. Josh, uh, you didn't join me last week, and I'm blaming you. I went 12-4 and four the week you joined me, 12-4 and four the previous week when you were with me, and then last week, 6-7-1. Uh, so I'm, I'm blaming you for, for, my, for my shortcomings. You're not coming um, on the pod really set me back. 
Oh, no, Jeff, don't be like everyone else winning out Blaine Josh. That's not good, <laughs> buddy. No, absolutely not. No, I'm sorry about last week. That Thursday night game put me to sleep. My Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos. I had them win the AFC West, and they look like AFC trash. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. But I'm here this week, so let's get it pop. Yeah, 7-8-1, I, I misspoke. And uh, Russell Wilson, we are going to see him yet again on primetime. We're going to close the podcast talking, talking about that game. But we're going to start with Thursday night football. And this one, oof. If you don't gamble, there's no reason to watch this game. It is the Commanders <laughs> taking on the Bears. The Bears are one-point favorite in this one. The over-under sitting at 38. And when you defenses, um, you have Washington just allowing 4.2 yards per carry on the ground. And the Bears on the other side, that's all they can do is run the football. They're uh, dead last passing the football. I really like the commanders in this game. They're getting uh, Robinson back in this one. I think that's a good one-two punch with Antonio Gibson. The Bears actually have a pretty weak run defense. I think that's going to open. I think the run game gets going for the commanders. I think that opens things up for Carson Wentz. I actually really like the commanders plus one in this one. I agree, Jeff. Uh, also, you didn't mention uh, Ron Rivera calling out Carson Wentz. Uh, uh, they, the reporter asked him Monday after the loss Sunday in Tennessee. He asked him, what's the difference? in the AFC East, he said quarterback. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty much telling Carson Wentz it's time to shit or get off the pot. You know, like they definitely have weapons. It's not like it's not like Washington can't throw the ball. Uh, Mr. Dotson, the rookie, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McSherry, uh, Terry, Terry, Terry McGloin. So they have weapons. Like you said, the one-two punch with Brian Robinson and uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, I like that. So I'm taking Washington plus one, and I am taking slightly – I am taking the over. Bad teams that play against each other, they'll score because, I mean, that's the only way you can keep the game interesting. And plus, I hope for Amazon's sake, for Al Michaels and Kurt Herbstreit, they actually have a good game, unlike last week. Last week was hard to watch. I'm sure it was hard to play, and I damn sure know it probably would be hard for me to call the game if I was an announcer. So hopefully this week there will be some points. So I'm taking the over, and I'm taking Washington plus one. I'm actually on both sides of that as well. Uh, Another thing uh, that is in the commander's favor, you look at that week – week two matchup I believe it was against the Eagles uh they just allowed nine carries for 20 yards to Jalen Hurts of course they got torched through the air in that game but Chicago doesn't have the capability of doing that they are not the Philadelphia Eagles so when you look at Justin Fields really the only way he's been able to get it done is on the ground and the one chance that Washington had against a running quarterback they held him in check so I think they could do the same thing here absolutely absolutely I think like I said when Ron Rivera calls when the, when the team gets called out by their quarterback I mean by their head coach that obviously, you know, that obviously makes them want to play harder. So, with that being said, I think we'll see the best Washington Commanders team we've seen all season. I actually thought, obviously, they won the goal line last week when Carson threw the pick, but they should have beat the Titans. They should have won that game, absolutely. They should have beat the Titans. So, with, with that being said, I believe they'll get off the snide this week. And I'm taking, like I said, we agree. Uh, we'll have to put that on our parlay later on, on the uh, one, at least one of these plays on our uh, uh, parlay. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely taking Washington. I'm definitely taking the over for sure. Yeah, I feel better about Washington than I do the over. Like you said, two bad offenses. So I don't know if I necessarily want my money riding on that <laughs> over 38. That's going to move us on. to. We're going to start with your team because uh, this, mm. is gonna, this is going to be involved. I know I said my week last week was not good. My teaser of the week did win yet again. So it is 5-0. and oh, And it is going to be involved with your Buccaneers taking on the Steelers. The Steelers are eight-and-a-half point dog at home. The over-under sitting at 44. And the Steelers are an absolute shambles. They have looked terrible. Uh, pretty much since week one 
The Bucks are three and two, but they're kind of reeling as well. They got lucky to win that game against Atlanta. They're scoring under 21 points a game. The defense is really keeping them afloat. Uh, sixth in the league, allowing points, and that's even with giving up those 41 to the Chiefs. When you look at the running games of both of these teams, uh, the, the Bucks are 31st in the league on rush offense. Pittsburgh is sitting at 29th. However, the Bucks are third in passing, and Pittsburgh can't say that. They're pretty low in passing as well. They have a bad offensive line. I see a low-scoring game. I think this Bucks defense absolutely dominates this one. So I'm going to take the under in this game, the under 44. But I am also going to have the first leg of my teaser of the week. Teaser of the week. That's right, the teaser of the week, teasing the Bucks down from 8.5 to minus 2.5. They just have to win the game by a field goal. Those six points especially valuable in a game like this where, that I expect to be pretty low scoring. I agree with, I agree with the teaser. I think 8.5 is too much, especially with this reeling offense that we had. As I, my team, has the Tampa Bay. I, agree, I I listened to your numbers about the rushing. I agree, but I disagree. Tampa Bay really doesn't run the ball. They ran the ball one game, and it just so happened to be week one against the Cowboys. And they we don't want to talk about that game. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. So, with that being said, they haven't really ran the ball other. They haven't really ran the ball consistently since week one. So it's hard to say they can't run the ball. I believe that they can. They got to get Rashad White involved in more. Hopefully, Giovanni Bernard can come back and take some minutes away, some carries away from playoff Lenny, and then obviously we still have Leonard. So. Uh, but I agree. I agree with you. Teaser minus two and a half. I think Tampa Bay is going to win the game. Uh, I'm taking the under 44. Under 44. I don't think it would be that high score on the game. If you got it on FanDuel at 43 and a half, I, I would take the under in that as well because I think Tampa Bay will score just enough to win. And I I, I, I hate to do this to Kenny Pickett, but I, I, I think the Steelers need a quarterback. I, I get it. I get the Steelers' offensive line is bad, but I believe that I, I don't. I don't think Kenny Pickett is the one. There's a reason why he got drafted number twenty, and not number one. So, with that being said, uh, I, I I think the Bucks defense will dominate. Both defenses will dominate in, in certain aspects of the game, but I think Tampa Bay's defense will be more dominant. Tampa Bay will get the win. Uh, so we're on the on the right side here. I think uh, on the same side here. I should say the under forty four uh, unders. In Bucks games so far this year are four and one. They're three and two in Steelers games. So both of these teams playing games to the under. So that's something that we'll definitely have to revisit for the parlay. Seems like neither one of us wants to touch that eight and a half. It is a little high. So I think, yeah, so teasing it down to the two and a half, I think it's a pretty good move here. That's going to take us on to the Jets taking on the Packers. The Packers are seven and a half point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 45 and a half. And this is a Jets team that has really relied on takeaways. They have nine takeaways. That's fourth in the league. But when you look back at this team, they're three and two, but their wins are against Mitchell Trubisky, Skylar Thompson, and there's somebody else I'm missing. Oh, Jacoby Brissett in a game that they really should not have won. Um, so you had a four interception game against the Steelers, played the Dolphins third string quarterback and had the Browns make one of the most epic collapses in NFL history. Uh, so the Jets, I don't think, are going into Lambeau and winning this game. I know the Packers have not looked good. I know the numbers say that teams coming back from London don't do well. 
But there's no way the Jets are winning this game. That is why the second leg of my teaser of the week is going to be to tease this game from minus seven and a half down to minus one and a half. But much like the last game, I really don't like laying the touchdown and the hook. So my main play for this game is going to be on the under 45 and a half. We saw the Jets get gouged on the ground by Raheem Mostert last week. And that was even with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. So you knew they were going to be running the ball and they still give up some big plays on the ground. So I think you see a big game from Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in this one. If you make me pick a side, I'll take the Packers minus 7.5. But like I said, my main play is going to be the under 45.5. Hmm. I agree on the under 45.5. I'm taking the Jets plus 7.5. I think the Jets – I said this on the offseason. I said this to you last week on the show. Or last week on the uh, – not the show, but on Spaces, Twitter Spaces, uh, that the Jets were going to beat the Dolphins. I knew that. No disrespect to Teddy Bears. Well, he's a nice guy. Really is. Nice guy. I mean, he only but, played one one play in that game, so it's tough to say that he wouldn't I, have won that game. I know. But the fact that they knocked him out on that play and they got a safety on that play, that told me all I need to know about what he would have did that game. So, Teddy Bears is a nice guy. I just I, – I I'm not as – I'm not – I'm not – I don't have as much confidence in Teddy Bridgewater as you or Jesse does. So, with that being said, I'm taking the Jets plus seven and a half. I like this team. This team is up and coming. This, 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 they might not even finish last in the AFC East this year. I think New England will have that, maybe. But if they finish last this year in the AFC East, this will be the last year that the Jets are finishing last in this division for a while. This team is up and coming. All these draft picks are finally coming into fruition. Bryce Hall, uh, my man Sauce got his first pick last week. So the Packers will win the game because they're the more desperate team. They have to win. They had picked up with a bad loss last week against the Jets. I mean, against the uh, Giants in London. So we agree on the under 45 and a half, and I'm taking the Jets plus seven and a half. Yeah, I just think the Jets are getting a little bit too much credit. Even in that game against Skylar Thompson at quarterback, uh, the, the Dolphins were kicking a field goal to take the lead in that game. It was 17 to 19 in the fourth quarter. They missed that field goal, which leads to a Jets touchdown. The next drive is a sack fumble, which leads to another touchdown. And then another turnover on downs leading to another Jets touchdown. It goes from 17 to 19 to 40 to 17 really quick. And uh, if the Dolphins make that field goal, I think you're looking at a completely different game. So I'm still not quite sold on the Jets, but we are in agreement here with the under. That is going to take us on to the Ravens taking on the Giants. The Giants, a five and a half point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 45. And credit to Brian Dayball for the Giants being four and one. This defense has been playing fantastic. Uh, They have no receivers. They have no offensive line. They have Daniel Jones at quarterback. Their entire offense is Saquon Barkley. Now, granted, if one guy is going to be your entire offense, that's the guy you want it to be in Saquon Barkley. But I think the Giants defense is getting a little bit overrated. When you look at the teams that they have played, uh, they're – they played the 24th, the 23rd, the 24th, the 27th, and the 22nd ranked team in points per game. Every team they've played is averaging under 20 points per game. The Ravens are coming to town, and they average 27.6 points per game. That is fourth in the league. When you look at the other side of the ball, though, the Ravens' run defense, once uh, renowned, is now playing pretty badly. They're allowing five yards per carry on the season and Saquon has been a beast as I said so my play for this game is going to be the over 45 I like the Ravens laying the five and a half points but the way the Giants have been running I'm not taking that side the Giants have been whether it's luck whether it's good coaching no matter what it is uh, I'm not touching that five and a half so my main play for this game is going to be over 45 I agree with the over 45 uh well you have it over 45 that's cool you have over 45 and a half that's cool as well I'm taking mm, I'm taking the Ravens minus five and a half, all the reasons you said. I'm 
I know that the Giants are four and one, but they're the they're the best. They're the they're the worst four and one team I've ever seen in my life. All the all the things you mentioned with the no, well they have receivers, but they have Daniel Jones at quarterback, so that's a limitation. Uh, I'm just not impressed. Yeah, they beat Green Bay, but to be fair, Green Bay beat Tampa Bay fourteen to twelve, and Tampa Bay didn't have Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, or Mike Evans. Yep. So if they have one of them, I think Tampa Bay wins that game. That's just me. So with that being said. Uh, if the Giants win this week, then I then I'll have to start taking them serious, in my opinion. Because to me, the Ravens are going to win their division. I feel like they proved that last week when they beat Cincinnati. They're the best team in that division, so uh, this would be a good win for the Giants. But I'm taking the Ravens minus five and a half, and I am taking the under. I'm taking the over forty four and a half. So we're both on the over in this one. I actually, I really don't like that many sides this week. I like a lot of totals. So you'll find that with my picks most of the time. I'm going. With the total, but this is the next game here is one that I am taking a side on. It is the Jags taking on the Colts. The Colts, a two and a half point favorite at home, the over under sitting at 42. And I think the big thing with this game, a lot of people are going to look at the previous matchup and say, oh, the Jags smoked the Colts. Definitely go with the Colts. You have to remember the Colts had no receivers in that first matchup. They completely abandoned the run game as well. So that was just a recipe for disaster. The home team is 10 and 0 in the last 10 games of this series, and they've won 14 of the last 15. Everyone was crowning the Jaguars after wins against a beat-up Colts team and a beat-up Chargers team, and of course they've lost every game since then. I think the Colts actually bounce back in this one. I like the Colts minus two and a half here. Ooh, I got burned, Jeff. Jeff, I got burned this year betting on the Colts like this, buddy, but I'm going to ride with you one more time. I got to win the AFC South uh, last Thursday night at- uh, as we mentioned, as I mentioned several times in the podcast, Jeff, it was extremely tough to watch last week with the Colts playing the Broncos on Thursday night. Extremely tough. The Colts' offense was terrible. The defense kept them in the game. Uh, the good thing about me is that I had the Colts on one of my parlays to win the AFC South, so luckily that somewhat is still alive. But I, I was disappointed last week in Jacksonville as well. Uh, they played a Houston's team, uh, Houston Texans team, quite frankly, that they should have beat. Uh, regardless of being a division rival, you can't lose at home 13-6 to six if you really try to make the playoffs. Reminds me of what the Chargers did last year against the Texans. A much, a, you need a, basically a win. You have basically a win in your end type of game, and you lose that game to a team that you shouldn't supposed to lose to. So, reluctantly, I am going to take the Colts minus two and a half, and the over-under in that game on my screen is 42 and a half. You might get it 43 other places. I am going to take the under 42 and a half. I don't think it'll be, I think it'll be a 20 to 17 uh, type of game. Uh, that Jaguars game against the Texans last week, a sore subject for yours truly. So uh, mm-hmm. as you know, I did the po- podcast solo last week and my long parlay, I played a six teamer. Uh, the only loser in that 16 parlay was Jaguars on the money line would have had a hit for several hundred dollars had they won that game. So mm-hmm. Little sore subject for me. That's going to take us on to the 49ers taking on the Falcons. The Falcons, a five and a half point underdog at home, the over under 44 and a half. And there is one team in the NFL who can proudly say, if you bet on us every week, we've won every week. And that is the Atlanta Falcons, five and O against the spread. When you look at the way the Falcons move the ball, though, it's off on the ground. Um, actually, both of these teams 
bottom eight in passing, top eight in rushing offense. When you look at this 49ers run defense, it's been absolutely impenetrable. The Falcons are heavy, heavily reliant on the run, so it might make you think that the 49ers are the side to play. But there's been injuries on this 49ers defense, injuries in the secondary. Javon Kinlaw has been banged up. Armstead's been banged up. Bosa. Uh, all these guys are questionable for this game. So I'm going to keep riding with the 5-0 and against the spread Falcons. Give me the Falcons plus 5.5 in this one. I also like the under 44.5 here. Woo! We agree on the under 44 and a half. I'm taking San Fran minus five and a half. I get why you could say take the Falcons plus five and a half. I think the Falcons were real lucky to be in that game last week. Obviously, they played my team, so I watched the game thoroughly. I mean, Tampa Bay was up 21 nothing, basically going into the fourth quarter. So they basically had the game. Uh, and then, as Devin White said, they basically gave up. They knew they were going to win the game. They gave up. Obviously, the roughing the pass to help them. I'm not glad they did. But the game should not have been that close. Tampa Bay maybe should have allowed one touchdown. And that was it. So, uh, I think San Fran is on a mission. They smell blood in that NFC West. They feel like that's their division to win. They should have. They, they beat the Rams every time except in the playoffs. Yep. So, uh, I believe that San Fran will get the dub. So, I'm taking San Fran minus five and a half. And I am taking the under 44 and a half. I don't think the Falcons defense will be – the Falcons offense will be able to score like that on San Fran's defense. Yeah, I do think San Fran wins this game, but this is a game with a pretty low total. I'm going to grab the five and a half points here. I think you see the 49ers win this game by three or four points. That's going to take us on to the Patriots taking on the Browns. The Browns, a three-point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 43. And Jacoby Brissett uh, not making his return to New England because this game is at home, but it is uh, Jacoby Brissett going up against his old head coach in Bill Belichick, and that is advantage Bill Belichick. Then you have a stout Browns defense going up against Bailey Zappi at quarterback. That is advantage Browns. Both these teams are going to run, run, run in this one. I think this is a ugly rock fight type of game. One of my favorite plays on the board. I love the under 43 in this game. I agree. I got the 43 and a half. I'm saying, though, I'm taking the under in this game. That is my favorite play of this game. I, if you're making me choose this game, I'm reluctantly taking Cleveland. Jacoby Brissett, he's a weird quarterback. He throws no interceptions in the first 50 minutes of the game. And then the last five minutes of the game, he has, he has like four or five picks. So yep. at the end of the day, he, uh, he, he cost Cleveland single-handedly like two games. So yep. he ca- cost him against the Chargers, and he cost him against – I can't remember the other team that he played that he threw a pick. I can't remember. So with that being said, I'm taking – reluctantly taking the, the Browns. Minus two and a half, but I'm definitely taking the under 43 and a half. This would be a defensive run game, rock fight, like you said. Yeah, uh, the Browns sitting at two and three. The crazy thing is they could easily be five and oh. Uh, it was Atlanta that they lost to that late game pick against Atlanta. Also Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta in a yep. row. And then you look exactly. back to the onside kick and crazy game against the Jets. The Browns could and should be five and oh. So, uh, that's why I'm not taking a side. I like the Browns better as a team, but going up against Bill Belichick, and like you said, Jacoby Brissett has thrown two straight games away, so I cannot in good conscience put my money on him. So under 43, that's one we're going to have to circle back to for sure. That is going to take us on to the Bengals taking on the Saints. The Saints, a two-point underdog at home, the over-under standing at 43. And I think this Saints defense is completely overrated. They're they're giving up 25.6 points per game. That is 25th in the league. Every team they've played this year has exceeded their average points per game against the Saints, except for the Bucs. The Bucs scored 20, they averaged 20.6. So 
this, everyone is scoring against this team. I think they're completely overrated. When you look at the other side of the ball, I think the Bengals' defense is underrated. I love Lou Anarumo. He's one of my favorite coordinators in the league, and nobody talks about him. But this Saints offense might actually be better under Andy Dalton. They've been scoring points a lot lately, so I really like the over 43 in this game, and I like the Bengals' minus two as well. Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals' minus two, and I'll take the over 43 as well. The Bengals, you have the best, the better defense. Uh, the Saints' defense is overrated. They don't have the same pizzazz they had with Sean Payton. I say Sean Payton was a defensive coordinator, but they just don't have the same pizzazz as they had with Sean Payton. It's just so funny to me that these these analysts go on TV. They went on TV all summer. Oh, Tampa Bay should be worried about the Saints. No, they shouldn't. Sean Payton ain't there. My man Dennis Allen is it. Sometimes in life, Jeff, you know this. When some people have a job, they fit the job that they have. Not saying that. If you're if you're a security guard or a janitor or or whatever or you do uh, um, maintenance work or whatever, however you want to look at it, I'm not saying you can't you know strive to be greater, but some people fit what they are. Dennis Allen is a defensive coordinator. We learned that when he was a coach at Oakland. We learned he that was that terrible. Now. He was absolutely terrible. Exactly. One of the worst records of all time. So my point is is that with that being said, he should have never been the head coach there. They should have hired someone else and kept Dennis Allen as a defensive coordinator. They'll learn that they'll, the Saints will learn that they made a mistake with that. With that being said, the Bengals have to win. They were in contention last week. Lamar Jackson helped them stay in contention. That game with that game really technically should have been, I would say, a blowout. But the Ravens should have won by at least seven to ten points. So with that being said, I'm taking the I'm taking the Bengals minus. I'm taking the Bengals minus one and a half or minus two, wherever you get your books, wherever you get your sport numbers from. I'm taking the over forty three and nine. Yeah, uh, the over is my favorite play in this game. That is another one that we're going to have to circle back to. As I said, I like a lot of totals this week. That is going to take us on to the Vikings taking on the Dolphins in Miami. The Dolphins, a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 46. And news coming down to t- today that Skylar Thompson, yet again, going to start. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Tua both still in concussion protocol, so they will not be able to play. So Vikings minus three and a half almost seems too easy. Uh, but if you look at this game, like I said, Miami really hung in that game against the Jets, even with Skylar Thompson playing quarterback. It was set, like I said earlier, it was 17 to 19 going into the fourth quarter, and it was two to nothing. Uh, when Skylar Thompson took over. So he was essentially playing a tied game up until the fourth quarter before that missed field goal, the sack fumble, all that that I talked about. But when you look at this Vikings offense, I think they're really balanced, and they should be able to stay on the field quite a bit. Skylar Thompson, you know, God bless him. He played better than anybody could have expected. A seventh-round rookie getting thrust in could have. But I think that it's going to be tough for the Dolphins to really maintain any long drives uh, with him at quarterback. So I think this balanced Vikings offense is going to be on the field a lot. Um, I think they're going to Dolphins are going to need big plays from Waddle, Hill, and Mostert to stay in this game, and I just don't think that they're going to get enough. I think this defense for the Dolphins is going to be drained. Give me the Vikings minus three and a half here. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking the Vikings minus three and a half. Uh, it's hard for me to bet on Kirk Cousins when you actually need him, but against Skylar Thompson, if he can't win this, then Kirk Cousins just needs to stop playing football. So I'm taking the Vikings minus three and a half, and I am taking the under 45 and a half uh, in this game. Yeah, yeah, I can see the under uh, coming up here as well. Now, I do have, in addition to the five-leg parlay that uh, that we're going to play at the end here, I also have a betting against bad quarterbacks on the money line parlay that we're going to throw together as well. 
That is going to take us to the Panthers taking on the Rams. The Rams, a 10.5-point favorite at home for this one, the over-under sitting at 40.5. And And this Rams offensive line stinks. We saw that last week against my Dallas Cowboys. They cannot run the ball. They scored 10 points, and seven of them came on a great play by Cooper Cup. Uh, This Panthers pass rush is really good. Derek Brown, Brian Burns. I think they play a conservative game with P.J. Walker likely playing at quarterback. The Rams are laying 10.5 points. They average 16 points per game. They're, so they're laying, what, 10.5 points, and they score 16 points per game. I, that, add, that math does not add up to me. Give me the Panthers plus 10.5 here. He is playing like some high part of my leg. I'm trying not to curse on this one. I got you. He's playing like some high track. Uh, so P.J. Walker is going to start. Oh, man, I usually don't give a teaser, but if I can tease this down from Rams minus 10 and a half to Rams like minus five and a half, I'm taking it. I don't think the Rams – so if, you, if it's at 10 and a half, I'm taking Carolina. If I can tease it down, I'm taking the Rams. I think the Rams would be motivated to win this game. Uh, I don't think they're good enough to beat to blow Carolina out because Carolina has weapons, especially on the defense end. Uh, J.C. Jack, JC Horn, Brian Burns, um, Derek Brown. Shaq Thompson has a linebacker, so they, Carolina has weapons. And that's the thing I fell in love with during the season before before the season started with Baker. I just thought he could be serviceable for them to win. He hasn't been serviceable, like, at all, at all. And it hurts me because, he, Jeff, you have no idea how much trash I get in here for, here about Baker Mayfield. So, with that being <laughs> said, like, I hear, I hear it every day, every day. So, with that being said, I'm taking Carolina plus 10 and a half. But if I can tease it down to Rams minus 5 and a half, I'm taking the Rams. And I'm taking the, I'm taking the over 40 and a half in this game. Yeah, another thing with the Panthers, you might get some addition by subtraction. Matt Rule out there. We all know a terrible head coach. So you might get up. The, the Panthers is playing better football now that you've removed a pretty bad head coach. That's going to take us to the Cardinals taking on the Seahawks. The Seahawks, a two and a half point underdog at home. The over under sitting at 50 and a half. And the Seahawks. Offense has been much better under Geno Smith than anybody expected. They're scoring 25 and a half points per game. Geno's completing 75% of his passes. And, and it's not like he's just playing check down football. He's making really good reads, good throws down the field, averaging 261 yards a game, nine touchdowns, just two picks. He's going up against a bad Arizona secondary. But you look at the other side, Kyler Murray and this offense are being held back by Cliff Kingsbury and his atrocious play calling. Whenever you see Kyler able to draw it up in the dirt, that is when this Arizona offense looks best. When you have Kingsbury trying to call offense, it looks absolutely terrible. I talked about the Seahawks offense looking better than anybody expected. Their defense is piss poor. They're uh, allowing 30.8 points per game. So I think Kyler, even with Kingsbury holding him back, should be able to light up this defense. With all that being said, you know where I'm going with this one. I'm taking the over 50 and a half. Uh, it's at 51 in some spots, and 51 is a pretty key number. So if you can find it at 50 and a half, jump all over it. But either way, I like the over in this game. Yeah, I'm taking the over 50 and a half as well. I'm also taking Arizona. In Seattle, it'll be tough, but I think they'll get it done. Arizona, like I said, will be a disappointing team this year. So they'll win games that they technically shouldn't and lose games that they should win. They should have beat the Eagles last week. We all know that. We all saw that. Kyler Murray needs to be smarter when the game's on the line and understand when to slide, where to slide, how to slide. Well, not how to slide, but where to slide, what time is on the clock and all that good stuff. So, with that being said, I am taking the Arizona Arizona on the money line. I'm taking the over 51. 
I think that might be the best play of the week because both of these teams can score. Yeah, uh, we're going to be circling back to that one. I really like the over here as well. That is going to take us to the game of the week. It is the Bills taking on the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I, you'll never see this. Patrick Mahomes getting a field goal at home. The Chiefs, a three-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 54. And, of course, these are the two highest-scoring teams in the league. With the Bills' defense allowing just 11 points per game, I think both of these teams are preparing for this game like it is the Super Bowl, and I think they're preparing their defenses to deal with the opposing high-powered offense. Both teams score a lot, but the Chiefs are less explosive without Tyree Kill. The Bills are operating differently. They're, they're kind of going on these long drives, a lot of short passing on the early downs, uh, making some long drives. So that really makes me like the under 54. I think you're going to see a lot of people wanting to pound the over here with these high-powered offenses, and it's just more fun to watch. Uh, but I'm not about having fun. I'm about making money and making winning plays. So I'm going to take the under 54 here. Yes, sir. I'm taking the under as well, under 54. Uh, I think 54 is a little bit too high in this game. Maybe they will score it. I mean, you have two great offenses, so maybe they will score it. But I'm taking the Buffalo Bills to win this game straight up. I'm going to tell you why I'm taking the Buffalo game, Buffalo Bills. What happened two Sunday night? Uh, what happened two Sunday night footballs ago? Kansas City went in the Tampa Bay. They ain't been there. Last time they was there, but it just so happened to be the Super Bowl. And they basically mollywhopped Tampa Bay. Now, I'm not saying the Chiefs, the Bills are going to mollywop the Chiefs, but Buffalo going to win that game. And all they got, all Sean McDermott got you put on the board this week is 13 seconds. That's it. He can walk off. He can do, man, he can go smoke a cigarette if you want to. All you got to put on the board is 13 seconds. Got to get Buffalo's attention. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills to win, and I'm taking the under 54 in this game. Yeah, these revenge spots usually do favor the team that uh, that lost the big game. So I could definitely see the Bills uh, taking this game, but I I cannot, in good conscience, lay three points with the Chiefs at home. That one of my, you know, they they were my Super Bowl pick to start the year, so I definitely cannot go in that direction. So under fifty four is going to be my play here. That is going to take us on to my Dallas Cowboys taking on the Eagles. The Eagles, a six point favorite at home. The over under sitting at forty two. And this Cowboys defense has been itchful in this four-game win streak. The Eagles defense is solid as well. They also have injuries across their offensive line. Jordan Malata missing the last game. Uh, Jason Dickerson, his backup, both got injured in the win over the Cardinals as well. So injuries across this offensive line, whether or not those guys are able to play, you're either going to have backups or you're going to have banged-up linemen in there going up against this Cowboys pass rush. On the other side, Cooper Rush uh, is not equipped to deal with this Eagles defense. So, uh, yet again, I like a total. I really like the under 42 in this game. This is a division rivalry game. Both teams, I think, are going to play tight. I think you see this be a 17-14 to 14 type of game. So, 42, uh, one of my favorite plays on the board. And I'm taking the Cowboys plus six. I think Dallas going to win the game outright. I told you this last week when they played the Rams. I just believe in the Cowboys. I believe in their defense. The Cowboys have the best defense in the league. <clears throat> Not for long until time they get their stuff together. <laughs> the best defense in the league. So, uh, with that being said, I believe that after this week, there will be a not a true quarterback competition, but you will definitely be hearing Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott, i.e., Tony Romo versus Dak Prescott. I think I, Cooper Rush will. I think Cooper Rush will go to Philadelphia and have himself a game, at least two touchdown, two uh, passing touchdowns, maybe two fifty to three hundred yards, because they're gonna need that for him. If Cooper Rush does that, man, I, Cooper Cooper Rush has not been able to – I don't think he, – he might not have 300 yards in his last two games. Uh, he just had just over 100 yards against the Rams. I don't think there's a quarterback controversy in Dallas. I think Cooper Rush is doing his job as the backup. He's getting the job done. But he's not Dak Prescott. The ceiling of this team is much higher with Dak Prescott. When you saw Dak take over for Tony, uh, 
number one, Tony was done. Tony had so many back injuries at that point. I, his career was in jeopardy if he took another big hit to his back. So Tony's health had a lot to do with Dak getting that job. And Dak was doing playing much better uh, than Cooper Rush has been playing so far. So I pushed back on there being a quarterback. I think this is Dak's job unequivocally once he returns. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Dak will – I'm not saying he won't get the job. Man. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that with the fact that if Cooper Rush goes on a road and be the division rival, like I think that he will, not saying that's quarterback controversy, but you, you, there'll be some people. Now, that's going to be be the quarterback because he got all the money. That's fine. But my point is, is that I just think Dallas, Dallas was buried too, too prematurely. And I feel like the media will do that from time to time. They'll bury somebody too prematurely just because it's the quote-unquote right thing to do. I, I looked at the Cowboys' schedule. When you started breaking it down and how I felt about the teams that they were playing, I, I didn't feel like they were in trouble. So I think they'll win this game. I think Philadelphia, will, after this game, will not be undefeated. And uh, I think the Cowboys, like I said, right now, they have the best defense in the league. I don't even, right now, I don't even think it's necessarily close. I can't, I can't disagree with you there, and I hope you're right about them winning the game. I'm just uh, a little bit nervous. This Eagles team has looked really good. I will say, though, that I think Micah Parsons is going to be key here. Obviously, he's the best defensive player in the league, I think, and his speed is going to be able to maintain Jalen Hurts. He's one of the only defenders that's able to – he's just as fast as Jalen Hurts, if not faster. He's going to be able to keep him in the pocket. Absolutely. Uh, they, they'll, they'll have to keep him in the pocket for sure. Definitely have to keep him in the pocket. They'll have to make sure that um, that they keep him contained. They'll make sure they'll have to keep the receivers contained. Uh, I just believe in this Dallas defense. Michael Paz, my man, with Dirk, with D Armstrong, I think they'll be fine. So give me the Cowboys. Love how uh, another thing, a sneaky James Clown, late Vanderrush. He's getting yes. back to that. Oh my gosh. So so glad you mentioned that. Uh, he hasn't looked this good since his rookie year. Injuries have kind of uh, held him back in recent years. But it, his rookie year, he was playing fantastic. He looked like a, the steal of the draft. And it's just so good to see him healthy and playing good football. That is going to take us on to Monday Night Football. It is the Broncos taking the Chargers, a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 45-and-a-half. And sound the alarms on this one, 87%. Of the public bets are on the L.A. Chargers. The Denver Broncos looking terrible on Thursday Night Football, and the betters are lining up to fade the Denver Broncos. But I'm going to pump my brakes on that. Everyone knows that the Packers, the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Steelers, those are public teams. They have fans everywhere. The Broncos are kind of an under-the-radar public team. There are Denver Broncos fans everywhere. And the L.A. Chargers really don't have a fan base in L.A. I think this is essentially going to be a home game for the Broncos. This Chargers defense has stunk without Joey Bosa. They gave up 24 points to the Browns, 24 to the Texans, 38 to the Jaguars, 27 to the Steelers. They're 30th in giving up points per game. Like I said, people are fading the Broncos here, but they played on Thursday. They're getting extra rest. I trust defense more than I trust any other unit in the game, so I'm holding my nose and taking the Broncos plus 5.5 here. I am too. I'm taking the Broncos plus 5.5. That's my, one of my favorite plays of the week. I'm not impressed with the Chargers. Just simply not. Uh, I told you, I, I said this on the uh, Twitter Spaces or podcast before. Now, Justin Herbert won last week. You hear anything about the Rams? Now, wait till they lose. Oh, Lord, man, the Rams wasn't right. They weren't good this week, bro. They beat, he beat, he beat the Texans. Cool. He beat Jacoby Brissett, who, by the way, Jacoby Brissett gave the game away. So, with that being said, uh, Denver has not looked impressive at all, but the best unit, like you said, has been the Denver Broncos defense. So, I'm taking Denver plus five and a half in this game for sure. 
Uh, so we're on the same side of that one as well. And it is time to put together our five-team parlay for the week. And I think we're definitely going to start, Josh. Let's see if you agree with me. Uh, we both like the Commanders tomorrow night. So I think that has to be in there. I think that's actually one of my favorite players on the board is the Commanders here. Uh, even money now, this game is a pick em. Absolutely. Okay, I think we both like the Vikings minus three and a half as well. Uh, Skylar Thompson playing quarterback. I think the Vikings are going to walk away with this one. Okay, and I think we were both really in the Browns and Patriots game. I think under 43 and a half we're getting that season right now. How do you feel about including that? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think uh, – I think it will be a defensive rock fight where both teams try to – but the defense prevent both, 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 both teams' best unit is their defense. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to also include, and luckily it is at 50 and a half here, so 51 is a winner, the over in the Seahawks and Cardinals game. Yeah, I'm taking the over as well. Both teams can score. Geno Smith is looking like a, as you said, better than Russell Wilson. And uh, obviously Arizona can score. It's just, Kyle, it's just Cliff Kingsbury gets, gets in their own way. So that leaves us with one game left. Uh, one game left to include. Right now, this four-leg parlay playing out at plus plus twelve fifty. So still a pretty good payout. But we're going to break the bank here. So did you want to include the under in that Cowboys game? I was sitting at forty-two here, or did you want to throw in the Broncos plus five here at Caesars? Yeah, I do that just so your team won't have no agony and you won't go crazy this week. Give me the Broncos plus five and a half. Broncos plus five and a half. So that parlay pays out at plus twenty five hundred. So your ten dollar bet pays out at plus two fifty. A pretty good way to start your week, Josh. How do you feel about our chances with this parlay? I love it, man. In fact, I'm, I'm gonna have, you have to text me that off air so we can get there. I'm playing that myself. Don't worry about it. I play that myself. Uh, no doubt about it. Now, I wanted to put together a parlay that was just basically money line plays against bad quarterbacks. And I yet again. I want, to I want to include the commanders in this one because I think Justin Fields uh, has to be included in that bad quarterback category now. And then I also, want to, I also want to include the Minnesota Vikings money line paying out at minus 175 against the Dolphins. Now, how do you feel about getting betting against uh, Bailey Zappi and taking Cleveland minus 140 here? <laughs> I like I like betting against Bailey Zappi. Uh, even though he looked good last week, he had an interception, but he looked good last week. So, so we have a four leg parlay. Josh cut out there for a little bit, but we have our four game parlay, uh, our four game bad quarterback parlay. We're taking the Vikings, Commanders, Browns, and Rams all on the money line, and that pays out at surprisingly high odds, plus five twenty one. And all you need is all five bad quarterbacks to lose. I kind of like that one. So this five-game parlay that you set up with bad quarterbacks, that should be a winner. Uh, the only one, uh, obviously, obviously we're betting against Bailey Zabby, but Bailey Zabby has Bill Belichick as the defensive coordinator, so he should be more than – he should be uh, – he's probably coming to the game more equipped than anybody else coming into the game that has a uh, – that, that quote-unquote has a bad quarterback or a bad coach, so. Uh, a fair assessment there, but I still like our chances. Uh, with both of our parlays, Josh, uh, anything else to touch on before we hop off? No, sir. Uh-uh. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday afternoon game. I will just, you know, I really don't call you doing Cowboys game, but I, I, I think we're both rooting for the same team, so I will definitely give you a ring during the Cowboys and Eagles game uh, Sunday night. I think those two games will be the games of the season uh, up to this date. And I can't. 
I can't either, Josh. Well, it was, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for joining me, and I will see you next week. Yes, sir. I'll be here next week. And, hey, when you win this week, thank me, just like you blamed me for losing last week. I appreciate that, Jeff. You are the best. All right. Have a good one, Josh. You too, buddy. Be safe, man. That is going to do it for the podcast. Thank you for listening. Just to quickly recap my picks, I am giving out Washington plus one on Thursday Night Football. I am giving out the under 44 in the Buck Steelers game. I am giving out the Packers minus seven and a half. And that is going to be the teaser of the week as well. I am teasing the Bucks down to minus two and a half and the Packers down to minus one and a half. The teaser of the week looking to start the year six and oh. I am giving out the over 45 in the Giants Ravens game. A lot of totals on my card this week. I am giving out the Colts minus two and a half against the Jaguars. That line is actually down to minus two. I'm giving out the Falcons plus five and a half. So I'll five and a half I also really like the under 44 and a half in that game I am giving out the under 43 in the Patriots Browns game I am giving out the Bengals minus one and a half against the Saints I am giving out the Vikings minus three and a half against the Dolphins I am giving out the Panthers plus ten and a half against the Rams I like the over in the Cardinals Seahawks game both of those defenses are atrocious I think there's going to be some fireworks there I actually like the under in the Chiefs-Bills game, the under 54, kind of a contrarian play there. I like the under in the Cowboys-Eagles game on Sunday Night Football. And finally, I like the Broncos, plus 5.5 against the Chargers on Monday Night Football. That is going to do it for my picks and the podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will see you guys next week.